Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP, Town Hall. Well, welcome to PHP Town Hall episode 76, the Mad Max DevRel World. I am joined by three of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, first is a returning guest. Uh, didn't expect him to return so soon, but here he is. Marcus, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks hey. for having me back, Matt. Glad to be back. Yeah, I had to, you know, find the new button there, but you did it. And I'm <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Margaret Staples. Margaret, it's have, have you been on? You've been on here before, right? De- definitely, probably. This is one of the podcasts I've wandered into at conferences. Yes, we won't talk about those episodes though, because this is a family-friendly podcast. Fair enough, but so so yes, probably there are probably recordings of me previously. And Gary Hawkin, all the way from uh, England, right? Yeah, that's a bad start. Like, I totally do not live in England. I live in Wales, which is a principality in the United Kingdom. Um, yes, I live in Wales, not England. But hi, Matt. Hi, Gary. It's, it's also been- a returning guest. I was on episode 35, developer to CTO and back. I was not a host on that part of the podcast. But it is great to have you back. And this is the first time I've had you on, or I've been on the same podcast with you. Um, and it's been... I think as we were talking beforehand, it's been like two years since we've seen each other. And the reason is, is because no one can really travel right now and conferences can't really happen. Um, and so the, the topic we really want to kind of talk about is, um, all three of y'all in some sort of capacity do or have done DevRel work and you all kind of work at Twilio. Um, and so we kind of want to like see like, how is DevRel trying to change and keep up with the current situation going on right now since your biggest um, kind of job description is going to conferences, giving talks, manning the booths, and talking to developers like myself and everyone else who's at these conferences. Like, how how is that space keeping up with the world changing like it is right now? Well, luckily, Twilio had actually already long since diversified our approach to developer evangelism. So although Gary and I did do a lot of events before the pandemic as part of our day-to-day jobs, Marcus was actually in one of our uh, developer uh, community teams that doesn't focus primarily on events even before the pandemic. Marcus, do you want to talk about how you have been approaching DevRel, not just during the pandemic, but for the last several years? Yeah. So um, what's what's interesting about this time, probably that stands out the most, is that I am I'm probably doing more of this than I have pre-COVID. So um, which is pretty awesome because I have been completely virtual, as Margaret has said. And so, you know, me approaching this, there really hasn't been a disruption or a change. And, you know, it kind of speaks to really what Tolio has been doing just in terms of, as you say, drawing the owl and kind of just iterating and building cool new approaches for us. I don't think so. Yeah, for me, it's it's actually my job has been the same, but it's actually increased in terms of opportunities to you know jump on podcasts because everybody else isn't 
out at events. They're like stuck inside their homes and it's like, oh, well, wait, we need to find somebody else to talk to. And it's like, hey, you know, let's use Twitter. Let's use, you know, people's GitHub profiles and let's connect. And so I like that the curve is flattening. This this curve is kind of flattening and, and normalizing to kind of bring us all together. So earlier this year, uh, right before the pandemic became a global phenomenon back when it was just an indie thing um, and we didn't know how big it was going to get. I actually had just transitioned from the developer evangelism team over to the developer education team, which is another one of our community teams, uh, specifically to work on a sub team inside of the developer education team. And all we do is focus on Twilio Quest, which is our educational uh, video game that uh our uh, my my new boss uh kevin winery it was his brainchild and i'm a former indie game developer and now a professional game developer wacky um so as soon as i was hired for the developer evangelism team and i found out that the old version of twilio quest which was just a gamification of tutorials existed i was so in love i was like oh my goodness let me take this on the road and um they were like i don't know what that would look like but yes sure you do that and so i did which matt gary you have definitely seen me roll this out as like an arcade on a sponsor table at various conferences because i just you know i was, I was an 80s kid i grew up in arcade freaking love the aesthetic of all the tiny little toys and the scoreboards and all that stuff and so like i transitioned over to that team because in the meantime kevin came out with a new version of twilio quest that's actually like a legit full retro style video game like run around with your avatar and get loot and level up and stuff um and and now i am one of the developers on that and i'm getting to make specifically php content for this educational video game and it's like several dreams come true and that's pretty awesome but also another part of that tiny little team is a woman in kiara and she's actually uh doing this cool thing where she's partnering with educators um and i'm trying to i'm, I'm supportive of that my team too. So I'm getting to like talk to people who are like running education programs for like refugees and like kid camps and all of this really cool stuff and talking to them about how we can um, either deliver an experience around the existing Twilio Quest content or even modify and tweak the Twilio Quest content to be more effective for these educators and their students. And that is just super freaking satisfying. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I need you to bring 60% of Margaret's energy I need to step it up. I'm, I, I, I can't bring I'm my heights. How do you so think tired. it? How do you think it makes me feel to be like the second uh, PHP developer evangelist in the the current invocation? Because I know there've been PHP developer evangelists that have that have left Twilio, but and then have to live up to Margaret's energy like every time that I'm doing anything. It's 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 hard. It's a hard job to live up to. But I love that I get pushed like that. I mean. For me, for my, my job, I guess, has been the most out of us for in-person events recently. Um, so it's been a big difference for me, a, a massive step change. Um, I think I had like five or six events lined up that had to be canceled in Q1 and two of this year. Um, including like some speaking engagements and other stuff. So yeah, it was, it was really difficult for me to find. I mean, it sounds really bad to say to find things to do to fill my time because, like, we're Twilio, right? There's always things that you could be doing, but it it's hard to find things to do to leverage your your exact skill set or what you were perceived to be best at. Because I do feel like I'm at my best when I'm in person at events, talking to people, hanging out, trying to help people solve their problems, being grumpy, 
um, not to infringe on Chris Hartridge's copyright there, but you know what I mean. But and so it was difficult. You know, we launched a webinar program which has been successful, but it's not what I want to be doing as a developer evangelist, right? In my job, it's a stopgap to do to find something to do, and I'm sure it will continue to to carry on um, with less frequency once we're back at events. But I've been doing a ton of live streaming, which I'm really, really enjoying because. You can engage with the chat in a way that is similar to in-person events, but not the same. But it's got that same vibe about it. And I love doing that. That's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. I, I'm ready to go back to events now. I'll be honest. I, I'm ready for, for travel again. You're ready to go back to terrible hotels and being cramped in planes and eating horrible hotel food. I mean, it's screaming at home. You get your Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever food is yours in Wales, I don't know what y'all eat, but like, I mean, I mean, I can, I can sense like a little bit in your, in your voice. You're like, you, you are a, a people, you are a grumpy people person. I will give yes. you that. You are terribly yes. grumpy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but like all the interactions I've ever had with you are at conferences. And even when you are grumpy, like you are a fun person to be around in conferences. And so like, has it been, has, has moving to like the streaming, platforms as you've been trying to like do live streams to keep um content flowing in your area like has that been a hard transition for you or is like doing like streaming kind of been just almost like a natural progression yeah i mean i was streaming before we had lockdown anyway but i was just not doing it as frequently it was more like an as and when i could be asked really it's like ah, oh, okay i'll like to stream up today whereas now i've gone for like a more formal scheduled approach which is definitely helping in growing numbers and, and getting the community growing, but it's not something I would be able to do when I'm out at events, right? I can't say to somebody, Oh yeah, I wouldn't be able to go to that conference because I, I stream on a Wednesday, right? It's not, it's just not the two things aren't conducive for each other because the, 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 the in-person event life is very, uh, unpredictable and you can't really say, Oh, I'm going to do this every day in the week. So it's been good to be able to do that, but it's not the same. I guess it's not the same. Yeah, even as a even as a full on introvert, I I do miss the in person events. I love what I'm doing right now. Like as I said, what I'm doing right now is a like multiple dream jobs rolled into one. Love it. But like also, as you know, even before I went into DevRel, I'd been attending conferences as a speaker for years and years. And and a big part of the joy in that part of it was the learning. Love the learning. Love the teaching. But also part of that was like every conference had basically turned into like a reunion of friends. And so I had one of the things that I've had to adapt to in the pandemic is to be more intentional about quality time with friends, because it's not just something that accidentally automatically happens as I'm living my life anymore. Um, and that that was definitely a hard adjustment. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because like, I just started doing therapy, which I can't believe it's taking me this long to do. But one of the things that we talked about um, in my last session was being more intentional with your like, your relationships and all that kind of stuff. So it's really good to hear like that's a thing, like not just for a DevRel or for a developer, but um, just as a person. Because um, I think we talked about last time, Marcus, like you haven't really done a whole lot of conferences and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But like I can tell you, half the re three quarters of the reason I go to conferences is because I like to drink with people in the PHP community. The other, like, one quarter is I might learn something. Like, really, it's because Margaret's going to be at a conference or Gary's going to be at a conference or 
Ben's going to be at a conference, and I can't let Ben be the only short person there. I have to show up, and, you know, the the Hobbits roll together, or the Ewoks, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, that's, that that's, like, the highlight of conferences for, like, us is like seeing our friends and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see like how the landscape is going to shift, like not only just now, but like in a post, a hopefully post COVID-19 world, like how our conference is going to respond to everything that's going to have to be changed. How's airline travel and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that was like a little bit of a tangent. What I'm more curious about, like, so Marcus, you do a lot of content creation and, um, and stuff like that. Do, do you ever like get an article and like share it with Gary or someone else? Like, hey, someone wrote this article, and I think it'd be really great to kind of build off of this and do a live stream or something like that. Is there any kind of sharing across your disciplines in that regard? Um, we we do collaborate a lot. Um, so, but we're kind of isolated still into our individual pods, and so um uh, with repurposing content most of the time we just amplify you know via twitter or reddit or um interesting we are a good um gatsby one like i have a friend over gatsby and um they're going to be publishing that in the gatsby gazette so we collaboration really kind of extends um sometimes internally but a lot of times it flows externally as well and um yeah so gary is always free to the interesting thing, can I say this? So the interesting thing, like for me, is I the way that COVID has kind of impacted me in terms of being live and being involved in the community is I was kind of stuck in agency work for like eight years, and so you know doing agency work, you don't get a lot of time to necessarily take those breaks and be speakers, and that was something that I always wanted to do, and so coming to Twilio. Um, and still doing remote for me, I, even though I'm used to like not seeing someone like face to face in person, COVID has kind of robbed me of those opportunities that I did have, you know, to, you know, meet up, you know, maybe it's only twice a year, but to still like get that FaceTime, like with Margaret, with Gary. And, you know, so those moments are kind of like, ah, you know, like, man, like gonna, gonna miss that. So coming back to your question, it's interesting for me is because I was just able to start ramping up and like do different things like in person. And so now it's like, it's almost like you give a kid a lollipop and then tell them they can only like look at once and then they have to save the rest. It's like, ah, like, you know, I have to put a lollipop back in the wrapper. And um, so, so yeah, so the landscape's now open to do those things. Yeah. We're all just kind of drawn out, figuring things out. So, yeah, Gary can always grab my content. I did play around with Twilio Quest. I love the improvements, by the way, Margaret. Like, really, really do. Maybe we could talk about that. But um, um, but yeah. So yes, it's interesting. That's my catchphrase. It's interesting. Yeah, I agree. Cross, oh, Margaret. Collaboration is 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 constant and also a little bit random because we're on a we're on a team of teams. There are like a lot of us if you take in the grand total and. Uh, oftentimes people will be head down and stuff and we don't necessarily know what they're head down in. So a lot of times the way collaboration will happen is somebody will be like, wow, I could really use some assistance with this thing. And then it'll just sort of like be a broadcast, like who's got a couple of free cycles to like rub together to come help me out with this thing. And so you'll end up with all sorts of like cross-functional 
teams coming together for very specific small pushes here, there, and, and the other across a variety of teams. And having that kind of support from people with different focuses and different specialties is actually one of the reasons that we're able to try so many things so quickly and iterate so quickly is because we can get that feedback and that support from a bunch of different people working on a bunch of different things at the drop of a hat. So teamwork is still the word of the day. Definitely. So teamwork makes the dream work. So what I'm hearing and I could be wrong, but what I'm hearing is that there's still potential for the Twilio Pigeon API that we talked about on APIs you won't hate. All requests welcome. How do I make that request? Is, if you're an API, I can send a request too. <laughs> Write it up, share it with me. We'll get you some code reviews. We'll 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 make it happen. You you write it. We'll vet it. Tweet. Tweet your suggestion to at NextmoDev on Twitter. Yeah, so I think the last time I was at PHU World, um, Margaret was there with Twilio and Amanda was there with Nexmo, and all I really wanted was a a Thunderdome post-apocalyptic style cage match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and correctly, Amanda and I threatened to end you over your BS because she and I are like best friends, and also disabled and so you were asking for a cripple fight which makes you a bad person oh man yeah there's no <laughs> doubt that i'm a terrible person but, but for the record i would watch that cripple fight can i just make that clear like because i am a terrible person we all know that yeah i know like gary and i are like i just don't understand why y'all think that you could possibly make this happen if you push me and amanda to fight hard enough we will fight you that is how that works we well, are i could, I could use the twilio api to make a betting <laughs> ring in the conference setting so it's like a win-win i use your api you make a little bit of money on the side i i'm not gonna need a big cut I, I don't know what you think the Twilio API is, by the way. I mean, it's a fantastic product. It's remarkable. No, it really um, but is. It, but it still exists in the digital realm. Like, I don't think we've got an API yet to 3D print a, a cage, a, a fighting cage. I don't think so, anyway. I mean, we may have. It is I want a 3D printer API. Oh, make me a 3D printer <laughs> API. I will say, like, I mean, I've, I've done a lot with the Twilio API, both, like, in a professional setting and just me fucking around. Um, but one of the best things I did was when I ran Southeast PHP um, for our code of conduct reporting, instead of just having an email or some sort of Google form that may or may not have been seen at that moment, I used the Twilio API to forward any sort of notification to um, all the organizers' cell phones. So like, if there is an instance, and fortunately, only one person abused the COC line, his name is James Titcom, and it wasn't for actual reporting issues, but just to mess with me as Gary's kind of rolling his eyes as he knows these tricks. But um, it was super easy just to set it up, have it forward to the three people's cell phones. And then if anyone had an issue, they could just text it. And instead of it lingering in an email inbox that may or may not have been checked at the very moment, it goes right to your phone. I mean, the APIs that you all have are fantastic. Um, I, I would wish, you know, that you would adopt the open API standard, but this is not an, an API's podcast, so I can't bitch openly enough about that. But, I mean, if you're considering any kind of SMS-type setup, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with Twilio, and they have great content across the board, both their docs, 
their examples get super easy um, and no one's paying me for this. So I'm really just lavishing love on three of my friends right now. We appreciate it. But here's the good news. And I'm getting if paid. You, if you, here's how you can get paid for that plug. If you get a 3D printer, grab our programmable uh, APIs, connect the two together, write a tutorial, I'll be sure to send you $500, especially if you do it in PHP. That is a promise that I can actually, I have the clout to actually back up. That's true. Marcus can get anybody paid if they can write up a cool enough tech post and send it to him. This is his magic power, so you should totally take him up on that. See? See, there you go. Uh, I don't know how to, hold on, wait. How do why, how's this keep happening? Last time I was on, you you asked for free stuff. How do you how do you invite us on and end up making money? How do, how does this happen? I'm talented. You're in the, you're in the wrong field. You should have been in sales. No, no, I'm just <laughs> um. So so like actually try and get us back on a topic, any topic. Um, for the for the people who like like go to conferences all the time, like. How do you what what do you see are like what do you see changing after all of this um, or do you see any changes at all or do you like look like, there's not enough data there's not enough data to make long term plans right now I mean if you ask anybody who is an expert on anything that is relevant right now they will tell you there is insufficient data to make long term plans so I would just be making like random guesses and the random guess that I want to make is that I really hope that eventually there will be enough data to actually make plans. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, dif it's difficult because there's a cultural divide here, right? We, we are very much in the realms in, in, in Europe um, and in the UK where the infection rate is very low and we're starting to get back to normal because people have taken this incredibly seriously. And I, I don't think that I can, like, I'm not going to say anything contentious for once, but I don't think that the same is said like, for all. No, no, because I feel, I feel, I feel empathy and I feel sorry because there's, there's, there's three very, um, very intelligent and sensible people on the call. Whereas what we see in the media of people complaining about wearing masks in public and all this other bullshit is obviously not my experience with meeting Americans when I come to conferences, because I'd like to think that, you know, when people come to conferences, they're working in tech. And I'd like to think there's a semblance of sensibilities. I mean, not everyone. We know that. We all know people who are um, not like that. And I'm definitely not going down that path. But um, I think, you know, I see conferences in Europe starting early next year, if I'm honest, because you know, things that uh, things are under control and we've got things going back to normal. What would I like to see? I, I'd like to see this newfound level of hygiene in 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 Europe like stick around. I, I I'd like, yeah, you know, uh, that's something I'd like to see being in for the long term. I've been to my doctor's surgery today and I wore a mask and I'd like that to become a standard where I'm not a weirdo because I'm going into a doctor's surgery and I, I choose to wear a mask because I don't want everyone's cold and flu and whatever else people are there for like that's something i'd like to see be a thing forevermore where it's acceptable to do that um and yeah i i'd like to think that maybe we can respect each other's personal spaces a bit more which is a thing that has kind of come about through this but what do i think will happen nothing i think in a year's time we'll be looking back at that remember that period where everyone was getting ill and we couldn't go out for a while sadly you know what i'd like to see happen 
which I don't see any evidence of it happening, but I would like, if we're making wishes, um, I would like to see this experience cause our multicultural, global, cultural opinion and value of teachers and healthcare workers rise all the way to the top. And you know what? Also, all of these essential workers. I everybody that's like driving garbage trucks and 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 packing our food and working in our fields and all of these things that are right now if if people will open their eyes are clearly what civilization is built on not me not gary we're the funsies that you get on top when you've already got a civilization but what makes it a civilization is our healthcare workers is our teachers is our garbage truck drivers is our our the people who are in the farms and 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 in our meatpacking plants and like the people our mailmen the people that are making civilization even be a thing and it's just heartbreaking to watch these people be treated as if they are expendable when they are the exact opposite of expendable so if we're making wishes as to how things will change that is my wish i think that um i, I like that like uh, a lot and i think one of the things i i've really gathered from from this time is it, it's almost been kind of sifting and uh, like a triage for like what really matters and kind of who really matters and if anything that I think kind of might last and maybe give us a sense of normalcy as, you know, we want is maybe not the macro, but more micro communities and, you know, being able to maybe have a resurgence of, um, maybe it's local, you know, maybe it's still not okay to like jump on a plane. Like I personally can't imagine. I already didn't like planes before, uh, you know, so to that, that, that Bay Area flight of, with the layovers always just, you know, makes my skin crawl anyway. So to do that with a mask, I'll probably, you know, be detained because I probably would just like lose it, like get claustrophobic underneath my mask and like U.S. Marshal just pops out of nowhere. And, um, you know, I'm locked up and that's another headline. Um, but, you know, but maybe micro communities, you know, maybe meetups, you know, since a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of ordinances still don't allow more than really about 10 to 25. North Carolina is in this weird crux of people who get it and people who don't. And so we're just kind of battling, you know, sensibility right now. But I could, I would be okay maybe with meeting up physically distance with eight or nine people for a local meetup, you know, and maybe, you know, you can, we can do the local meetups and then tag in like Margaret and Gary, you know, Matt, you know, maybe we tag in people to, you know, to make appearances, you know, but still have that sense of, I can't touch you, but I can at least see you. I mean, that's been one of the cool things about, I, I mean, this whole situation sucks, but one of the things I have kind of enjoyed about this is seeing all of the PHP user groups and other languages as well going online to where I was able to join Portland's uh, PHP meetup a couple months ago and hang out with uh, people like Sammy K. Powers, who is super friend of the pod, as well as um, Elena Hogan. I was able to join um, PHP South Wales a couple weeks ago when um, Phil Sturgeon was That's the fun thing is I, from the comfort of my apartment here in Nashville, I was able to join PHP South Wales' meetup and listen to Phil talk about API design. And then a couple hours later, I was able to join um, 
the merge PHP operations going on here where uh, Boston, Atlanta, and Austin PHP are all grouping together and hang out with them. And so, like, do you, like, Gary, I know, like, you're, you're a big people person. Like, does, would a virtual conference or a virtual meetup kind of fill that void for you in a way? Or is it still kind of not everything you want in terms of, like, a conference experience? And, like, do you see virtual conferences here for the long term or is it just kind of a stopgap? Um, so I don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's my opinion. I'm, I'm allowed to have it and I don't feel like virtual conferences are very good. I really like virtual user groups. Like, let me make the distinction. I'm stepping all over Gary right now. Um, virtual conferences don't need to be virtual conferences. And I think that that's what we should focus on moving forward is keeping the virtual element while readopting the in-person elements as that makes sense. The thing that I want to underscore on this topic is accessibility. The, the perk to this moment is that these, these events, these, educational opportunities, these socialization opportunities are actually being made accessible to people that they were not accessible to before. And all sorts, you know, that I've been on this campaign to make things more accessible for a minute. And you know how much I have struggled to get people to embrace the idea that the extra logistical burden of video streaming and live captioning and these things was worth the investment. And right now, there's no option. If you don't do it, you have no event. And so I'm really hoping that this having opened the door to access to so many people that we will hold those doors open as we start to go back to the things that maybe are more privileged, able-bodied people find more comfortable. I agree. And that was one of the points I was going to make, Margaret. So now, now I just feel angry at you again, as which is my usual state. Um, I totally don't. I absolutely don't. Like, there's nobody better to speak about these things than Marcus and Margaret. So I'm very privileged to be on the call as as one of Twilio's uh, official middle-aged white dudes. I love the fact that I can have these people put me in my place regularly because I need to have it sometimes. But I, I genuinely was thinking that same thing. I really was. I was thinking, like, from and, and to, to the point I wanted to make was, from a perspective of myself as a paid developer evangelist, virtual conferences are a wash. Like they are not ticking the boxes that we want from events. And that's a sad thing, but it's a fact in my, you know, it's not a fact, but in my opinion, it's, it's a thing, right? It does not tick the boxes that we allocate budget for sponsoring of events to have booths so we can get out there, meet people and have the conversations. And you just don't have those conversations in virtual conferences. And my question is, is that because organizers don't consider that? Is that something that we could do better at virtually in having a sponsor's chat room where, with cameras? And could we do better as sponsors and organizers to make this a thing that would mean that sponsors see more value in, in uh, online events? Because I'm wholly conscious of the fact that online events are like massively accessible and in-person events are for people who can afford to take time off work, to get the flights, to pay for the tickets, to pay for the hotel. And to take time off work is the hard bit there because I've been lucky enough in my recent work to be working for places where if I'm speaking, they, they'll they give me the time off. But I remember a time where I had to take annual leave to go and speak at conferences. Um, and so I'm very conscious of that fact. Like, let me make that clear. But from a purely 
developer evangelist perspective at the moment the way that they are happening they're a wash you know that's the sad reality i think a lot of that has to do with medium and i am having a lot of conversations with different people that are having different ideas about how to make the virtual experience more sociable and i i, I think that i don't know that there is a solution but i know that there are different options i know uh my friend uh jenna who's one of our champions works over at ibm does a lot of amazing dni stuff over there uh that she and i are collaborating on some cool stuff that we're going to be doing later in the year and she brought to my attention um a a a software medium for running online events that i haven't used before she's really loved it i'm really excited to try that out we've been investigating how we can use um zoom breakout rooms to better yeah. so figuring so so it's definitely a problem we, we definitely are not delivering everything that is cool about the the conference experience virtually, but I also don't think that we have like mind this well dry. Uh, that's a bad metaphor. It's several bad metaphors, but I, I definitely <laughs> I like it though. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we are not, we are not done figuring out how to make this better. There's still so much that we can investigate and try and iterate um, that I, I think that things could easily be twice as good with online conferences by the time we're on the other side of this pandemic as they are right now. Yeah. Like you didn't figure out conferences the first time you went to a conference, you know, I mean, it's, it's an iterative process. I mean, and I think like you both brought up really great points. Um, and the big one, cause I, I think back, I kind of hung out for Midwest PHP because they were the first conference to go virtual in a PHP space. Cause it had to really fast. Um, and, you know, like you bring up a really good point, like how can DevRels and sponsors um, better position themselves in like the breakout rooms, the dedicated uh, channel to where like, and, and that's a big ask, like to have, like, let's say Gary is, is the Twilio uh, representative for Midwest PHP, you know, like have him sit in a channel all day with his camera on is draining, as we all know, like. Five, this Zoom, you know, like five Zoom calls later, I'm dead to the world. But, you know, it, it does offer you a new area to kind of venture into and allows more people, like you said, like Chris Harches, who hates to get on planes because he's six foot a million. It's hard for him to travel. So it makes it a little bit easier for him to get the conference experience um, and things like that. So I, I think that's a really interesting thing to keep kind of drilling into. And I'm curious to see where we end up in let's say six months because i don't think virtual conferences are gonna go away but i do think that there is a lot more opportunity to explore um as we figure out this this new world we're living in yeah yeah and, a, yeah go marcus i was saying um like speaking on the me medium and the accessibility like one thing on the medium is yesterday i was on a um um on a virtual conference event i don't want to name drop but it, it was um, really great, really awesome. But the medium they used was um, a service I had never heard of. And it was called like Hopin.2 is the, is the platform. It felt, almost forgot for a moment that I was at my desk, which was really awesome. It's the first time I've had that happen since this stuff has started. And I think because they had a whole day packed, yeah, that's it, um, a whole day packed with, um, uh, different speakers, like it was an NFL, um, uh, uh, player that came on after us. There was like, um, sports, it was, it was like real sports center in tech. And, uh, me and Megan, um, Tulian, saw Megan as well, were on that yesterday, but they had a backstage. And so we were literally 
felt like normal because they were streaming the live stream and we were literally in this additional channel and stream, like getting to know the presenters and getting, it just felt normal to like have that, like, Hey, you know, how are you? not that we, you know, we still do that anyway, but it just felt normal. So the medium, yeah, I think really can help support. One of the things I've really been saying, like people, um, just in like different conversations is I think pre COVID we were so used to saying no and everything is, you know, can we do this? No. 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 And then, you know, can we, can we stream better? Kind of like Margaret saying, like, can we get a different platform? Can we, um, make things more accessible? The answer is just this knee jerk. No, well, you know, why would we are, it's going to take us away. And that no comes in different, you know, forms. But I think the better question is, you know, is like, how can we, like, if we start saying, instead of like responding immediately with no, like, how can we? And like, one of the things I've loved about Twilio and um, just period is like Twilio provided me the opportunity that I knew I always could have, which was to be a part of Silicon Valley, whatever that's going to mean in three months, you know, with people breaking their leases, but to have that experience, but still live in good old North Carolina, like that, that's an accessibility thing. Because again, for me, geographically where I'm at, it takes like, there've been conferences that I've wanted to go to they've the prices have been like astronomical like literally like uh, a mortgage <laughs> you know a month's worth of mortgage you know in context and you know like gary like you're saying like take that time off and you know different things like that but like even for me i don't have direct flights so i always have a layover so like me just getting to a conference is like an, a 10-hour journey you know on the west coast and it's just like hey you know, but the thing that I do love about this is like, yeah, we're exploring different mediums where it's like, okay, we all can be a part. And that's just, that's really awesome. But Gary, yeah, my heart goes out. Like, I'm not saying it's a, it's a replacement. Here's an idea. What if, what if you do one-on-one -on -one conferences where you bring in someone like, let's look at the costs and let's say like, what if you actually bring in someone to a local studio for instance maybe it's a, a room big enough you know where you can get like 10 feet apart kind of like the news is doing right now and you can like maybe bring in two to three guests maybe they're again like when we start saying like how can we instead of saying no we can't you know maybe we can't physically distance without mask and like and you can still get that you know that physical is different being in a room no, i agree a i agree and, and i think to make it clear like I'm not blaming the organizers here. As sponsors, we should be the drivers here. We should be working right. with events and saying, look, we're happy to sponsor you, but we'd like to try this, if that's okay. You know, we'd yeah. like to try uh, a happy hour Zoom where we can have 100 people on a call, but with breakout rooms so that people can go and self-form small groups. Or we have seven, 10 rooms that only hold 10 people with loose themes and you know, a sponsor sitting in each room. We can do better. I just haven't thought about doing better. And I kind of, I'm glad to have been on this call because it's something that I want to think about and want to work with events. So if there are events out there who'd like to, to work on doing this, let's be honest. Like we, we constantly innovate, particularly Margaret. Like you, if you've been to a, if you've been to a, a conference and you've seen the Twilio booth, like we constantly innovate to try and make sure that we're not just, we don't just have a table with some leaflets on it. Like, and, and I'm okay with making people feel bad if their booth experience is a, is a table with some leaflets on it. Like, 
you should be doing better. But we constantly innovate to try and make sure we bring people and we have the conversations we want. And I guess what I found out about thinking about this, which is not something I've done before this, is we can innovate here and we can do better as sponsors. We can do better. And so that's that's intriguing for me to think about and take as a takeaway from this um, from this podcast. Well, um, both what Gary's saying and what Marcus is saying lines up with the experience that I've been having in the last few months, which is that the best traction, the best experiments that I am seeing happening on our teams of teams are when organizers that have thrown away standard operating procedures because they don't work anymore and community humans on the Twilio teams who have thrown away standard operating procedures because none of that works anymore, we're coming together and we're going, okay, well, we still want to serve the same people. What does that look like now? So right now, I think that I think that we're doing so well because we've always had like a heart of experimentation which has just been like turned all the way up to 11 because nothing that we figured out before really well, not nothing, but like 80% of what we were doing before doesn't translate to right now. So we've just had to like replace all of that things that we know works with, well, we know we can experiment. So let's just do that all the time. But a big part of that for the last few months that I've seen that I've been really inspired and, and happy about has been that it's not just us inside of Twilio that's doing that. It's organizers and and organizers of events but also organizers of organizations and and like charities and nonprofits and businesses and like all of these different groups that everybody's back to the drawing board and coming together to like say all right what are your ideas what are our ideas can we brainstorm together to come up with something new and let's try something and then let's reflect on that thing and figure out how we can do better and and that everybody coming together to try and figure it out instead of anybody coming to the table with preconceived notions of the way things have to go is resulting in some really fun interesting new stuff I would agree. I think it's it's an interesting time and it, it really allows for like the old ways to kind of be broken down. Like old style I mean, I, I don't want to say old style conferences, but like the current model of conferences is kind of dried up. Like sponsor money is a lot more harder to come by because everyone wants to do a conference and is clamoring for y'all's time at conferences, y'all's money, and it it, it spreads it really hard. Um so uh, I think a few of us have to kind of like wrap it up here. What's it? Y'all have some great ideas. So what what is the best way for people to get in contact with you to kind of explore some of these ways? Like where can we find you on uh, on the Twitters? Well, um, uh, if you have an online event that you would like to tell us about, you should go to twill.io forward slash sponsorship, and you should give us a lot of information on that, and we will uh, figure we will reach out to you. Um, but if you want to find me on the Twitters, I am dead underscore Lugosi, and I, I will let these other humans tell you where they live on the internet. Go Marcus. I am the Marcus Battle everywhere. So if you want to find me in different sides of me the marcus battle and i i just want to say that uh, um you should totally ask marcus to speak at your virtual um event um your conference your user group um yeah i think one thing that i found in, since since uh, my speaking engagements have been cancelled that i'm finding it far more satisfying to signal boost amazing new speakers and marcus is definitely one of those so hit him up um you can find me at GH, which nobody knows how to pronounce, but it's GWH. Um, and Spabby on Twitches, if you want to watch me live stream. 
mainly my live streams are me trying to achieve something massively ambitious in the time frame and chat just basically doing the job for me, which is kind of the way I like it. So yeah. Awesome. Is there, is there, uh, you have like a specific day or time that you like to live stream at or is it just kind of? Yeah, it's, it's UK time. Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 2 PM. Wednesdays I have a guest. Mondays and Fridays I just bumble around trying to achieve stuff. Cool. And that's on like Twitch or YouTube, both. You kind of just disseminate it everywhere. Twitch.tv slash spabby, S P A W B Y. Can you type that out and I'll add it to the show notes? Awesome. And the other thing that you're totally going to add to your show notes is a link to where people can go find Twilio Quest because they're totally all going to go play my new PHP level, which is called OSS Elephant with the PHP and elephant because I think I'm funny and and I need feedback. It's a brand new level. I need people to play it and then I need people to like reach out and tell me uh, what was tricky, what was awesome, what I can, what they want to see more of, what they wish there had not been. And also just really, I'm going to need you to compliment my spaceship design just a lot, just really, really lot. No, I, think, I would like this. Okay. I think the question that that brings up, when do we get a Twilio elephant? Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that the next the next the next time you have us on a podcast. We'll talk about that. Instead of spending ten thousand pound on fluffy toys, we're going to make a charitable donation. So yeah, sorry, I kind of want a fluffy toy. That kind of hurts everyone who wants fluffy toys. But yeah, maybe maybe toys. maybe a sticker would would be cheaper, Gary, and then we can uh, get some decals, print it. Yeah, yeah, we could. Maybe that that'll work. See, yes, we yeah, can. there you go. That works. I mean, Twilio stickers are like Twilio swag is like the gold yeah, Mar- stick. And Margaret makes the best stickers. That is true. Uh, real fast. I mean, we didn't really we, we didn't really get to touch on Twilio Quest. We talk about it on the other podcasts that I sometimes host. Um, but like y'all have done a lot with that. Um, especially like kind of go into like what is the OSS elephant stuff. Uh, can I? Inter- I want to interrupt Margaret because. No. I'm a, no, it's about Twilio Quest. I since we're a team of teams, I got to play like the earlier version, and it was a little hiccupy in terms of uh, really following through. Yeah, we critique each other, we build each other. This is how we. Yeah, you don't have to look like that, Matt. So we, it was. So I put my you know new hat on, like never seen it. So fresh eyes, and I really like to say it was enjoyable. Like it was cool. Uh, the, the guided help is really awesome. Like, you know where you're going now. And, uh, I literally got stuck the first time. If you've ever played Twilio Quest, like V1, like I got trapped in the, the entry room and I couldn't figure out how to get out. Um, those things have been improved. Um, there's great help. So it really, so I am an unbiased bias, uh, because I still work for Twilio, um, user. And I think it's really great and you all should try it out, especially for those of you, if you happen to be a part of that, why is PHP still alive community? And, you know, we'll, we'll still share love with you. This is a great way to like really just kind of start from scratch and get into PHP. That's my plug. Margaret, take it away. I, I just, I'm very, very grateful that you did play it while it was still in draft form and give me that feedback. And this is why I am constantly begging everybody to give me feedback because that is how things get better. Um, uh, I just did a new iteration. There's a new pull request. It's probably going to get merged later today because um, one of our champions <coughs> did a playthrough and gave me those notes. And I was able to, and specifically his notes were all about developing on a Windows machine, which 
I admit has been theoretical for me for a few decades now. Um, so I, oops. Um, so th there were a couple of notes for, for little things that I could add to make it easier for Windows users. And I totally did that. I'm super grateful for that feedback because like, this is the, this is one thing that I learned back when I was an indie game developer is that when I think everything's perfect, that's when it's time to get testers because everything is broken. I just can't see it anymore because everything works exactly the way I think it should, doing it the way I think it should be done. But I am a total weirdo. So it's super important for other people to experience the things that I create and then give me feedback so that we can iterate for the better. Also, I love designing spaceships. Spaceships are pretty fucking cool. So awesome. Um Give Twilio Quest a try. Um, if you're interested in talking to any one of these three awesome people about like what we can do to kind of iterate over the current conference space and how you can get their um, their awesome ideas kind of built into your conferences, I highly recommend you reaching out to all of them. Um, I'll throw links to Twilio Quest, uh, Gary's live streaming. Um, Marcus, if you have anything you want me to throw in the show notes, hit me up on the Twitters. Um, and thank you all so much. I appreciate y'all taking the time. It's great talking to you. Great seeing everybody. Um, and we'll catch y'all again. Thank you. So nice to see you, Matt. Yeah. Really. Thanks.